Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Imagine a sharp, stabbing pain on your skin. Sounds like a nightmare, right? While individual experiences may vary, it's how some people describe shingles. This painful, blistering rash could interrupt your life for weeks. It could even force you to cancel social events or weekend plans. Over 99% of adults 50 years or older already carry the virus that causes shingles. One in three people will get it in their lifetime. Why wait? Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles today. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Cummings is a stand-up comedian, actress, writer, director, producer, and fellow podcaster. She is amazing. She is pregnant. She is entertaining. She is talented. She is smart. She is outspoken. She is unfiltered. She has had an incredible career. She has starred in shows like Two Broke Girls, released seven comedy specials, published a book, and is the host of the podcast, Good For You. Now she's ready for the next chapter in her life as a mom. This is Just Be with Whitney Cummings. Let's get into it. I am so sorry I am late. I don't care. At all. Uh, you're you're like the person whose approval I weirdly care about the most on some level. I was thinking about you though, so I put this Zoom um, podcast in my calendar while I was in Austin, Texas. So I thought I had two more hours. And time I, zone shit's been happening a lot lately. Wait, so <laughs> the clip is not in the back of our head; it's at the front, which is the headline. Like the, I've never seen someone put the clip so forward. Oh, my hair clip. Okay, so I need to... Okay, one thing at a time. I was just making a bagel thinking about you. I think about you every time I make a bagel. Oh, oh my God. I'm ba- famous for bagels. Yes, You of are inf- infamous. More than famous. Famous <laughs> and infamous. So I do my clip like this. I take... Okay. I do a very high pony. Okay. High on the side. It's like a mini facelift. Okay. okay. Oh. And then I twist, twist, twist. Put it in the front. Roll it like a hot dog. Move it back. And then, and then clip it like that. I okay, I like it, and because also that means you have to have nice clips. That means that gives use to the nice clips that you buy, and 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 you're pregnant. And I'm pregnant. I just started. I got, I started buying these hair clips. I used to do the J Crew ones. Uh, those were so expensive, and I would lose them. I found these. I don't know where, but I saw this hack on TikTok where you can use a hair clip to be a tripod for your phone. Same. So that's why Look- I bought these. It's so smart. And you have that little wallet on your phone that I got too. I, I, did they send that to you? I think they might've sent that to me. That's like a wallet and you, you could put a purse and make a phone purse. Okay. So the purse phone wallet thing, I'm very picky about. 
I'm sure someone has maybe sent one, but I'm very specific about the kind I like. I do the bandolier. It only has a thing for credit cards. That's it. You're right. I bought that one. I bought it. I didn't get sent it. It was Case Logic that sent. I bought that and I bought a strap to go with it. And I started, I did like three walks and then stopped. But I felt like you're that mom now. You're that bitch now that has a purse phone. It's a new pocket protector. Everyone thinks you're a loser, but I always know where my phone is. Because what I used to do is I would always have my phone playing music or a podcast so I could always find it. I always, always have it. I could be giving myself ovarian cancer, but I always wear it on my person. Yes. Okay. I got to get back to that, except they have bandolier. You have to find a way to put the charger like you could have the charger somehow because it, t- it, it you have to make a choice like you're either charging or you're pursing. Yeah, but there's. Uh, there's a charger port on the bottom. No, like the extra charger that you could jolt it in the middle of the day or like that little Apple thing that you could attach. They could really get you mean you mean a charge charger, a charge charger. OK, well, then I might take you downstairs and show you this new contraption I started using. <laughs> OK, well, I've, I can see you. we haven't even gotten into the interview yet, but this is great. Wait, I have a water purse, too, because if you're okay. going through the airport, it's a per- it's a water bottle that has a purse strap. So you've got two things going on. Okay. Here she goes. She's walking and she's walking <laughs> hey, and Amber, she's walking and we're walking through my house because I am at this point um, a Karen. I am so sick of these Silicon Valley dorks. Hold on. I'm sick of these she's Silicon going, Valley dorks. The she's trying to one up me. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. The water Look, purse triggered her. Now that I've seen your TikTok and how sort of intimate it is, I'm fearless now. <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing I won't put on the internet after what I've seen you do to a bagel. <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This entire interview is going to be based off of your um, 25 things you don't know about me. And I want to give Us Weekly a shout out because I've learned so much about so many people from that list. That's the other one. I like that one, too. But I don't like it when people don't tell their secrets. Tell me why you lost weight. If it's Ozempic or whatever it is, I don't care. Just share it. If you have some life hack, tell everybody about it. Like help make other people's lives easier. What else is the point of being a celebrity if you can't? Okay, so this is a... Wow. It's, it's like, it's a. They're like body chaps she's putting on. It is. It's like a vest you can wear. I just, I'm not wearing underwear that has Wait. all these little pouches. And then you zip it, and it's actually a cute little vest. Um, and you can put it over anything. And so I'll put the charge charger in one, I'll put the phone in the other, and then I'll just walk around while they're charging. Okay. Hold on. Let's just discuss something. Okay. Is that, are, are non-pregnant people allowed to wear that? Yes. This I got before pregnancy. It's like a, do you know the exercise thing people are doing now called the rucksack where you put like a backpack on of 30 pounds and you go for a walk. It's supposed okay. to be, it's supposed to be amazing for you. Cause they're now finding that we're so all over the place. I love us. No, um, me too. This is what my, literally the girls said, this is what my interview with David Spade was like. It went nowhere and it never started and it never finished. It was like a free association <laughs> of thought. So I'm happy. I, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. We're going to get like, there wherever there is. We're like two puppies that finally get to play, I feel like. Um, <laughs> but I feel like your fans just want to know, like, I don't know, like, just want us to be authentic and whatever. I'm, We're manic. And uh, so I just throw this over something. I just throw it over something. I'm sick of carrying a purse. I'm sick of losing it. I'm sick of it turning into a flaccid ball sack when I put it down. The bottom of purses are disgusting. They're too expensive. I always spill water bottles in them. No, because you have to have pouch. You have to have a pouch lifestyle. I can't. Every purse has to have a pouch in it. So when you go in, you either take the one pouch and transfer it, or it's also shaping your bags and you're putting your lip gloss and stuff. And so it's never going to hit the bottom of your nice bag. Yeah. And then you reach in. And you're just like, am I about to get impaled by something? Am I about to get tetanus? But you don't have to. You can pull the pouch out and, and, and you don't have to deal with the purse. The purse is basically a facade for the interior. Yeah, but then I have to have a pouch for my pens because one of the pens is going to explode. I always, like, I don't know. I, there's a lot of things I need to carry with me. And I also feel like I'm so psycho now about trying to stay hydrated. There's no water bottle that's not eventually going to unscrew in your purse Turn upside down. I also have you done this yet? Where that's why you need a water purse. Is that a, is that a thing? I bought them, and yeah, I, they they it's a purse. It's a it's a half the size of this bottle, and it's got a chain. It basically looks like your bandolier bag, and you can carry it around. Oh, like a oh, okay, got it. Like a the I don't know. We're not saving Private Ryan. 
Like we're not. Okay, what are you talking about? You have a fucking military vest with pockets. I've ne- you're you're on the set of Mash. I've ne- and I'm trying to be polite because you're a guest in my home. But that's ridiculous. I cannot believe you just came. We're not in Saving Private. You are in Saving Private Ryan. With what the f- that thing? You have to put that on your social media. It's not okay. <laughs> Let's start here. Whose baby are you carrying? Um, that I'm not going to tell you, but in- <gasps> <laughs> you're like January Jones. Thank you. <laughs> Do you remember like she was ha- she was pregnant and no one knew whose baby it was? Oh, that's right. No, but he's he's wonderful. And um, I just he's not a public person. Mm. Yeah, I have three weeks. I have three more weeks. And then I'm having my f- I'm having my first child. Congratulations. It's the best thing Is in the it really? world. I'm wow. terrified of, of childbirth. But other than that, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, my. Did you have when you um, had your daughter, did you have like a boy name and a girl name? Because I'm in the market for a boy name. Yes, but they were both generic and could kind of be either, I think, in the beginning. Well, what was yes, it? kind of. Well, Bryn is not couldn't be really necessarily be a boy, but Casey was one. Ooh, that could I have like been Casey. Either. And I think we changed her middle name. I think we first had her as a different middle name and then change it and had to legally change it. I changed my mind. And literally, she already had a legal name change. Can I ask you, what does that, what does that look like? A couple women I know, and it's always women I really like. They go, after like two weeks, I realized he wasn't a Solomon. He was a Marcus. Oh, oh, that's hilarious. I know she was always, she was going to be a Bryn, but I think the middle name was Alex. And the reason I wanted to change it was in case I ever had a boy and then I wanted to save it. It's, it's all blurry now. Look, my last name is Cummings. It's a tough pairing. It's a tough handle. I wanted to name him Maximus. I realized that was not a, that's not fair to him. He's going to get bullied regardless. But so I, I feel like there's, I had a list of 50 girl names that I liked and there's like three guy names at this point. It's like Miles, Julius, Henry, like, like I can't, that's all I got. But I feel like that's what I, well, Miles Cummings is a great name, but also it's, it's speaking to Cummings, like miles, like, like miles, miles, of, I mean, miles of Cummings. Yes. <laughs> Which is good. Healthy. I, it's a lot of cum. <laughs> it's just how much cum you need to get a woman pregnant naturally at 40. That's for sure. Um, right. So, yep. Didn't even put that together. So now I only have two names. <laughs> I'm glad I could be of service. Also, by the way, I feel like anytime I see a video of a, a gender reveal party and it's a girl, you... You always see the oddest reaction of the people. You always see the dad be a little bummed when all that pink <laughs> smoke comes out. You know what I mean? He's kind of like, I just paid for a helicopter to drop pink smoke on my pool and it's a freaking girl. You know, there you, or if it's a boy, you'll see the guy be like, yes, like you'll see his real reaction. I always find them awkward. And you know, three people have died in gender reveal parties so far. What? And three people have died and there's been a, uh, like over 800 acres of, of forest fires from gender reveal parties. There's a really horrifying video of a, a guy in a plane dropping the smoke on the party and the plane just crashes. It's like, it's <laughs> psychotic. I don't, these gender reveal parties are probably, they gotta stop. Well, I guess it's, you know, for every, every, every birth, there's a death. So I guess it's sort of symbolic. <laughs> there you go. But it's also wild because, you know, you see people and you're like, I guess this is for content. I guess this is so they can put it on their social media, you know? Um, so I think we're lucky. We just get to open the fridge and start cooking at two in the morning and hit f- <laughs> five million views. Not everyone gets to do that, Bethany. 
It's true. It's true. That reminds me of engagements that are always documented by a group of friends. Okay. So that's a nightmare because when I got engaged, it didn't end up working out. But when I got engaged, he, he had the, the photographer hiding in a bush in Topanga Canyon, right? Like, and Jason Momoa lived across the street with Lisa Bonet back when they were together. And, and so the engagement happens, he gets down on one knee, there's like a horse, the whole thing. And then he, I was like, Oh my God, I wish we had photos of that. He's like, we do. I have a photographer in a bush. I'm like, what? And we look (laughs) over the, we go over the bush. It's like, he's not here. This is so weird. And we call the photographer. We finally talked to him. He goes, Jason Momoa was working out and thought I was paparazzi trying to take pictures of him. And I thought he was going to kick my ass. So I left. I wasn't able to get any of the photos. And so can you guys redo it? And I was like, what? So we had to like (laughs) fake a a new spontaneous proposal. And that's when I kind of knew it wasn't going to work out. (laughs) That's very housewives. (laughs) It is. That's very housewives. And did you get a store credit? A store credit for what? Did you have to pay the guy? And then you didn't get the no, we did. You know, we paid him. We, it was like he was scared of Jason Momoa. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink 
That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I've never said this in a couple of years. You're the first person I would want to do a podcast with. Because we have a lot. I mean, we, we could talk about nothing all day. Correct. It's Correct. unbelievable. That's what Se so. Seinfeld was a show about nothing. Maybe we start the pod podcast about nothing. Let's just call this is nothing. And this 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 podcast has no point. But we've also kind of covered everything. <laughs> yeah. I think we can outdo ourselves. I think we'll do it over and over again. I do... I do now, like, you know, it's interesting, like the eating disorder stuff, I look back now and I can really sort of laugh about it. I mean, the, the phases that I went through and just because that eating disorder is about control, grew up in an alcoholic home, something I never put together is that my mom definitely had an eating disorder. She was definitely anorexic. Like when you're young, you don't really, that doesn't really cross your mind. No. You know, our fridge had like two artichokes. There was cheese and crackers, but that was always for the guests. You know, and she would eat very little. I, I always thought it was because she was an alcoholic and she wanted the wine to hit harder or the wine had calories. So she had to kind of pick her calories. Um, but very anorexic. I, you know, remember she would get compliments. She was beautiful. And she would always say, oh, like someone would say, you look great. She'd go, oh, I have to lose that last five pounds. Oh, I got to get rid of this last five. She would always say that. And she was tiny, 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 tiny. And, you know, it's interesting. She always said, you know, she, my thighs are touching. That was her, my thighs are touching. Like her thighs shouldn't touch. Like that's how, you know, thin her she noise. was. Her noise. Is that what it's called? That was her noise. Like that was her noisy place. Like about her thighs or. Her thighs. She was always like, when I walked behind her, she was always touching her butt, touching her. She would kind of squeeze herself, you know, kind of like looking back. I, I guess my psyche just couldn't process it at the time. It's just, you know, too dark. And, um. And then, so for me, I think it was, it was more, I did model young, like, uh, you know, for money, um, in high school and college, but I was before that, like it wasn't, I can't blame Vogue or Kate Moss or any of that. I think, you know, when you grew up in alcoholic home, you have such little control. There's so much chaos going on. Um, and my dad did, was very, um, kind of a Lothario. He did like skinny, tiny women. I think I just learned tiny. You have to just be tiny and I'm not a tiny person. Um, in the slightest. So by, I don't know, 12 or 13, uh, earlier than that, I was binging though. I would say it started with overeating, eating two entire boxes of cereal, a whole thing of Weaver chicken McNuggets. Like I was overweight and would binge first because, um, you know, there weren't people around. I think that's how I got love. I think that's how I isolated. Like I would eat so much that it would kind of incapacitate me. So I would have an excuse for why I didn't have more friends. I'd be like, oh, well, even if they did ask me to hang out, I couldn't. We have a lot of similarities. So what age are these memories mostly shining through? 13, 14, I'm feeling? It sounds like that, right? The binging on cereal, like the Cocoa Pebbles, Fruity... I mean, I remember like I would have like cuts in my mouth because I couldn't wait for the milk to soften the Apple Jacks, you know? That was earlier. That was probably seven, eight, nine. Wow. And then, 
Yeah, I remember like eat, eating Captain Crunch, that peanut butter Captain Crunch, just like like inhaling it. Um, anxiety eating. Yeah, I think it was panic eating, anxiety eating. Also, we didn't sit around a table. My parents had gone through a divorce. Like there was no structure. Like I bless my mom's heart for working. We had the, our moms were the first generation that were working. You know, mm-hmm. like have, what? Same. Didn't have time to you know cook for me, whatever. Um, but I do think I was very addicted to sugar. I was addicted to the shame of it. I was addicted to isolating with it. And then, uh, but that's not an age that you even know about eating disorders or that somebody's overweight or not. You're just living your own life. You don't, ha- you can't attach emotion to the food. You're just, that's what you're doing. And I've seen this in other kids. That's why I'm saying that. And it's interesting because I would go back and forth from my, not that getting a divorce is always unhealthy, you know, but going from my mom's house to my dad's house, my mom's refrigerator was artichokes and, you know, bubbly water and Diet Coke. And then my dad's was just cereal and trash, you know? So by the time I went to his house, I was just like so hungry, you know? It's literally binging and purging. That's exactly it. So then I go to my mom's house and I would starve and she'd be like, how did, you know? And so then by the time I was a teenager, full-blown rice cakes, apples would go for three hour runs. Like that's What's all a teenager. I, what, what age are you saying? 14 or 16? By 14. By, I would say by 14, I was, I guess they would just be anorexic. I guess you would just say anorexic, like severely restricting, but I would eat a lot of low calorie foods, like a huge amount. It was like apples, rice cakes, fat free yogurt. I'd eat like the whole thing of rice cakes, a whole like five or six out. And then I would go for, you know, like a two or three hour run. My house growing up, I think I was my daughter's age, like 13. And I remember my mother had a cart of laxatives. I remember it like it was yesterday, like a plastic white with the drawers. And it was, I didn't understand what it was. It was like, I thought she just couldn't go. And then we'd be in the car and she'd drink a lot of coffee and I'd have to stop. And like, so this was, and there was like the bacon cheeseburgers dripping and raw and drenched salads because she was binging and purging. And it was, and there was a very like a, an anxiety in the house, like, because she'd have to like take a long time in the bathroom after meals. And so this was all this like secrecy and hidden stuff mm. going on in my household. So that was like noisy and her method. Cause you didn't talk about how your mom treated you about your body, because my mother would say that like tempura at the Japanese restaurant isn't fattening because of the way that they fry the oil, the Japanese. So like she would kind of well, I would be eating a lot and then I was struggling with my weight and I would read all those magazines that had like half a cantaloupe, a qu- you know, the, 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 there was one called the flight attendants diet every week in those magazines would be a new page. You'd want to rip it out, try it for two days. But it was sort of secret and you were going to school and listening to what other people are saying. So for people who have teens, it, it happens quickly. Like my daughter's 13 and I've never mentioned a thing in all these years about weight or or, you know, I don't like anyone around talking about, oh, I have to lose weight or I don't look good in these pets. Like there's zero, but you can't control what goes on at school. So that's why yeah. you're, I'm relating to you on a different side of the coin, but like the same time of your life, of a girl's life. I remember because um, there would be, I remember, remember, it's just funny and I don't mean to laugh because at the time, you know, these people were struggling, but like a diet was like cottage cheese and Triscuits, you know? Right. Like that was like supposedly low fat and you like think about it now and you're like, well, that's like a cheat day, you know, like kind of there or whatever. But I remember, um, 
that's what I would bring to school. Cause that when my mom made me lunch, that's like all she, I so I was like the weirdo at school who had like Triscuits and cottage cheese. Like I had the, the lunch bag that was just like wet and just like, like it was a, my mom worked at Bloomingdale. So it was a little Brown bag. Like I always had like yes. a Bloomingdale's bag, you know, it was just so weird. And another thing that you made me think of, I remember one time finding Dexatrim. Mm. Do you remember that? I don't, it was, yeah, of course, quote, weight loss pill. It was, I think probably just a lot of caffeine. And yes. I remember I used to sneak that and try to take that, but I would find like weird, sketchy diet pills that probably that's never. That's one thing that's better about now. It's different. People are obsessed with intermittent fasting and juicing and cleansing and Ozempic. Back then, you're right. Like there was, was a diet that said like one hot dog, one cu- half a cup of coffee, and then you could have one scoop of vanilla ice cream. Like it was all random. And it yeah. was very Scarsdale diet, Atkins diet. Like every week there was a new thing that you'd grip onto. The Slim Fast bars came out. There was one that was like steak and wine. Exactly. Which, kind of thing, which I think I, I'm kind of into that one. Remember? <laughs> but like also we were all a little off, you know, like remember the food pyramid when we were 100%. like- it was like the whole bottom was like loaves of bread, like French bread, potatoes, like a big pile of beans. <laughs> like it was just like psycho. And you know? measuring, measuring. They wanted you uh, to measure your food. It was so noisy to begin with. You're starting off. You ne- The food pyramid was totally unsustainable. Yeah. Well, it was just, I mean, you know, and I think everyone's bodies are different, you know, whatever. Um, but, but so then by the time I get to high school, I'm full blown. It's just about being as skinny as possible. It's just about being as skinny as possible. And something I will say that is, you know, um, you know, when people struggle with, uh, severe anorexia or severe overeating stuff and being really, really heavy, I've, uh, learned a lot about how there's some childhood sexual abuse sometimes involved in that. So, mm. you know, it's about sort of making yourself either unappealing or not feminine or not sexually attractive or protecting yourself by being heavy and stuff. So I feel like I always need to kind of say that the same. I was reading something about people to get a lot of plastic surgery sometimes and get super dysmorphic that they're trying to change the face of the change the person that was molested or something so interesting yeah there's a lot of like other stuff in here and we absolutely had some you know inappropriate stuff go on in in you know for me as a child too um so i don't know what was what you're talking about sexual stuff yeah sexual abuse same like you remember me too. You remember things and you, your mind plays tricks on you, but you like the father's friend my, and you think like you remember the moment too clearly about a couple of people, yep. Yep. but like you just dealt with it and you almost feel like fraudulent if you came out and talked about it specifically because it feels hazy, but you know, it's true. That kind of thing. Yes. And I know a couple situations that were absolutely true. I think I was confused for a while because one of them was a woman. Um, oh. And, you know, well, back in the day, we didn't babysitters. We didn't get them off apps where they were vetted. It was just like, like, does anyone on the street have a thirteen-year-old son? Like that was your babysitter back then. Totally, <laughs> totally, totally, totally. I was physically abused by a babysitter too. That's totally true. Anyone could smack. Anyone could could smack you. Anyone could be. You know, uh, what's it called? Spank you. Oh, that, I would go to friends' houses. I would get, I mean, <laughs> literally against a wall with a ruler by someone else's dad. Exactly. Which doesn't happen at your own house. Exactly. No, you can't, you can't even find that on Pornhub, but they, they even take that down, you know? So it's, it was, you know, so there is some of that. I, I have no reason, 
um, to have needed to be that skinny, you know? So there was obviously something else going on. I'm sure, it, you know, it made people kind of, I've talked to people in, um, that I went to high school with, it, it made people kind of like scared to talk to me. And maybe I liked that in a way because I was really awkward socially. Um, and I was very, um, uh, a loner kind of, and maybe mm -hmm. I like, I never went to lunch and sat with the popular girls. I went and ate raisins in my car, you know, shit like that. Um, Insular, isolated. And then by the time I got to college, it just was weird. Like it was like, I would take these Swiss Miss powdered hot chocolate. I would buy like five or six boxes at the grocery store, pour them in a bowl, put water in them. The ones that only had 20 calories and mm -hmm. mix them up put it in the microwave and turn like turn them into like a cake. Wow. You know what? It's, it sounds though like you were obsessive because I relate to that too. So you needed like a new project. Like, oh, this is the diet. I'm only eating one rice cake, two apples, like a weird formula. It becomes your own. I don't know if you're like that now. I still am, but in organizing and like getting rid of things and nothing extra. It's obsessive and it's, pro it's a problem. You're safe food. So it's like yes. if someone was like, hey, do you want, you know, avocado. to have and this uh, the avocado toast, that probably has less calories and less fat. It, it's just, it's not, I, I know how this ends. I know how this works. I have, you know, by the time I, you know, got to LA, it was, it was turkey jerky and maple syrup, just weird. And then I you went were through. Allowed. Those were allowed, like popcorn, you were allowed, but others are, are forbidden foods. Yes. Then it was, it was carrots and ketchup, uh, carrots and barbecue sauce. Like it just was condiments, you know, like weird condiments, shit like that. But stuff that ultimately I think made me, need to hide because it was embarrassing yes and it was never wow. something socially accepted and something that made me feel some shame afterwards um you know so it was just bizarre i definitely went through those seaweed things sometimes i'll see you eating those seaweed things but the wasabi seaweed sheets yes but that's new like how how has your how has this manifested as a woman in hollywood and then as a pregnant woman I got to the point, there's a couple of things. I went to a program called ACA, Adult Children of Alcoholics, that mm -hmm. is about growing up in an alcoholic home and all the sort of maladaptive behaviors that you get very honestly in order to survive as a child. They serve you very well. Um, you know, the people pleasing, the mothering, martyring, micromanaging, self-depriving, control addiction, perfectionism addiction, the overachieving thing. And then went to that program was a total miracle really helped me um you know you do these like inner child exercises of like wow. you treat yourself the would you treat yourself the way you would treat a 5 year old child it's kind of sounds dorky you write her letters you know you write the question about what do you want to eat today in your right hand you respond as her in your non-dominant hand and she'll say like peanut butter and jelly and you go well that's what we're eating for lunch and i also get sick of of wasting so much time i did read this book called the tools by um uh, Phil Stutz and Barry Michaels. Phil Stutz is like the biggest like therapist, you know, out here. And there's this uh, exercise called the deathbed exercise. It, it just resonated with me. It's like you imagine yourself on your deathbed and you picture all the things you're going to be like annoyed you wasted time on. And I remember oh. being, I remember being with Busy Phillips. I'm sure you know Busy. We were like working on something and she was like, if I'm on my deathbed going like, I can't believe how much time I wasted thinking about calories and food. And I went, that is going to be me. Interesting. Like just the, how many was that? And what am I going to eat next? And what did I eat today? Now I have to go on a walk and ha like, I didn't have a personal life. It's a full-time job. And I'd be like, I feel like I'd be the most successful person in Hollywood. If I just took the energy I spend on like driving around the city, getting that one protein bar, that's the safe protein bar this month. Oh, wow. And just that's me with organizing, to be honest with you. Like that's yeah. me with organizing. 
Have you ever hired someone to come in and do it for you or you won't? I could do it for them. I There is though. Um, do you ever play like um, uh, like Tetris or any of those games? I started going back to playing old games. It's like the symmetry of the the T and Tetris. Like, go, you know that video game? Yes, Remember yes. those things are falling? It's very soothing to organize and put things in their place and know where they are. But that's Pac-Man. I, think- I was always obsessed with Miss Pac-Man and it's very satisfying and it's very much like that and the thing is i because of the crazy amount that i have going on in my life the being organized is also critical so it's like you have to be in a relationship with it that's right so i have to be in a relationship with being organized because i couldn't do all that i do without it so it's not like a pro it's not like pulling me down it's actually great but it's something yeah. i can't and i can't even when i talk to my therapist about it it cannot it can be improved but it cannot be intervened. It can't be. It's never. I will go on to my deathbed still being organized. Like I'll can have my I, coffin. will have labels inside of it. Can I? But is that bad? I mean, you know. People, no. Right. It's like working. Yeah. But, uh, yeah by the way, people really. people get mixed up. Their coffins get mixed up all the time. That's yeah, a real mine, thing. That's, I, yeah. I. You're looking at my podcast studio, which is like the Pee Wee's Playhouse, like chaos den. I'm the same with organizing. Like I. I don't know. I don't think we should have to over pathologize everything about ourselves. Like, cause number one, it's also just like a hobby. People are like, Oh my God, you're going to recopy the labels again. I'm like, there's this I lo- it's fiddling. I call it fiddling and it's true. People garden. They want to fuck around in their garden. It's, it's fiddling. And I like it too. So it's a great point. I found a new system. There's a new system. It's like, you know, it's like the fact that we're still on metric or whatever. And everyone like, we should update new systems if they're not like, cause I went through it organizing. I went through the wicker baskets with the, and then I'm like, I can't see my shit. So then I right. went through the, the plexiglass bath. I'm like, this is better. But I'm like, wait, now there's a version with drawers. Like I, right, now I'm getting those. Like I, right. I, it's, it's fun. It's like gambling. It's for the entertainment too. Yeah. And it's also like home decor too. You know, yeah. it's also, there is a, I think it's really important, especially cause I think people like us, we always want to grow and we want to change. And I'll look at things that I'm like, that's okay. The, the, I do have a wrapping paper closet. Let's oh my God. I do too. I have, I have I, a bat. I have a room. I have like a candy spot. I, totally. <laughs> amazing. But like I was pathologically thoughtful. That's a ACA thing for a while. And I, I gave too many gifts for a long time because I didn't think I was enough. And I had the whole like shelf of dip candles just in case someone came over. Um, and when I, needed- I tell you, I have a gift life. I have to, I've, I started uh, on Halloween. I, 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 you are the same. This is crazy. Like <laughs> I have a gift obsession. I'm a, I, me too. And I think I it's, love it though. I love it. It makes me, I live for it. It's how we show love. And to me, I feel like because everyone always thinks I'm being sarcastic, it's hard for me to be genuine with people when I'm like, I love you. You're such a good friend. Or I have to make a joke or people assume. It. So I really like giving gifts because uh, it, it's like uh, there it's, and also like, you know, it's a nightmare out there. And like a, a, a $60, $80 candle, no one should ever buy that for themselves. You know Never. what I mean? And, and it's systematic too, though, but it also is satisfying. Like you, it costs money. You spend, you send it out, you wrap it, you send it in FedEx. It looks good. They get it. I, I live for it. I do it all year round too. It I makes me it. feel so, my goal in life was always to be Santa Claus. I saw Santa Claus at a mall and went, I want to be that guy. So that, but then I go, okay, it can't be an entire thing. I don't, I'm not as successful as you. So I'm like, okay, I need to take this down a little bit because this is a little bit of a vestige when I had way too low self-esteem and I thought I had to send a thank you card after I got a thank you card. So let me take, so I think that updating our organization is also a way of 
um, showing our growth, you know? And so like I had this whole thing of the press on nails section. I'm like, I don't really do that anymore. I used to be super obsessive about my nails and then I can't get anything done. And then one breaks and that's all I'm thinking about. I was like, that became a weird sick addiction and obsession and perfectionism, you know, um, because that's Chinese- a circular reference. You have to go get the manicure again and get it filled no. in. And then you have to, it's it let me, so let me, I need to reorganize this because this is actually a negative contribution to my future self. So when I upgrade something mentally to get healthier, I'm going to have, so it's not unhealthy to go. I need to organize this again you know, it's not pathological. It's just that I, we're not here. We're not in this place anymore. Well, everything doesn't have to be healthy. I, you could eat Cheetos and you don't have to go to jail. I'm saying it's like not healthy, but like you're, you, some TV shows aren't healthy, but you're doing it. It's like, it's not a guilty pleasure, but it's something that you're doing it over being overly healthy is also unhealthy. Do you know about Barbara's cheese puffs? Like Barbara's Barbara, Bar- the health brand. Yeah. They have cheese I think, puffs. Yes. That are that are like Cheetos. They're delicious. But and they're che- all, I think all that I think all that cauliflower shit too. It's uh, that that hippies respectfully to. It's got. It, it's a scam. It's a I, scam. I, I think just eat the I, real thing. Uh, Barbara's cheese puffs. What is it made of? Because I just ordered a bunch of them. Um, I don't know that if it's cauliflower though. No, I know, but I'm just saying. Like, if you look at a Frito, there are three ingredients: corn, oil, salt. So, oh, like, uh, that's it. This is so, cornmeal. Aged cheddar, pasteurized milk. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. Like the the cauliflower rice and the cauli, all that shit. I'm like, I'm just going to be hungry in five minutes. And it's also mixing together a bunch of other shit, which is a different process. So that's what I think about that. That's a but good that's- point. That's a good point. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. 
Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So the alcohol in your house, because I grew up also with a mother who was an alcoholic, and there are different styles. I remember each drink, like the special drink phases, like what the drink order would be. But there are different styles. Some people, they call it French type, where they're just always having a drink and then into the late night drinking. But it's not like a fifth of vodka in the toilet holder behind you and the person's like blackout. It's just like always sort of marinated. That was my house with uh, combined with the cigarettes and the bulimia. What was your style in your house of your mom? Like embarrassing or like, what was it? I love, I love this question. And, um, first I'll say it helped me to hear in order for alcoholism to be present, alcohol doesn't have to be present. And that's not just because alcohol is being hidden or whatever, but there's other forms of isms, you know, compulsive behaviors. Um, it's, uh, and stuff like that. So if someone's listening and they're like, yeah, my life was chaotic as a kid. And I, I sort of understand all this, but I never saw alcohol. Like I was kind of the same way. You know, my mom was a socialite, she was, you know, worked at department stores and she always had like a glass of white wine. It was like, it was the white wine spritzer. It was always like a spritzer, like it, it dying it, no, while being an alcoholic is hard. Well, the ordering was always too apologetic. Like I look back now and it was like looking at the menu. Like I would do this when I had eating disorders and I was out with people. Um, and I would go like, ah, should I get, I would pretend I was being rushed you know, or couldn't make a decision. I'd be like, oh, should I get the burger? Should I get the spaghetti? Or, um, you know what? I'll just have the Caesar salad, no dressing. That's fine. Oh, a throwaway comment. There was like a performance to it to try to convince people that I would have ordered the spaghetti or the hamburger. But like, um, I'll just, just, I'll just do Caesar salad dressing on the side. I'll just that have some of your so triggering. Wow. (laughs) That is. (laughs) Sorry. Wow. No, it's very honest. And most people with eating disorders don't want to give it up because then they can't go back to it because everybody knows. Like once you say it, you're saying it now, if you ever have a little of that behavior, it's so exposed. But also like, I mean, maybe it's just because I've gone through it. Like when I see someone doing it, I'm, I now I'm embarrassed because I'm like, I can't believe I thought I was pulling that off. Like, I can't believe I thought that people were so dumb. I mean, if there's a lot of people, you can kind of get away with it. Like, you know, I would, um, because my mom, uh, I always watched her. If she got vegetables, like sauteed vegetables, if she couldn't get them steamed, she would, um, pat it with a napkin to get all the oil off, Mm. which we, which we now know, like, and then as an adult, I would kind of like accidentally drop, well, when I was 24, 25, I would accidentally like drop my napkin on like a greasy vegetables and be like, Oh my God. Oh, fucking hell. (gasps) Like shit wow. like that, like shit like that. So that I didn't look, you know, 
Like I wouldn't eat fat, you know, but I'm also, I'm in LA. Everyone does shit like that, but I'm still doing this rigmarole performance to try and eat in front of people. Um, I would sit in my car and pretend I was running late or whatever. I mean, I'd probably already eaten like 12 protein bars, you know, kind of thing that I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm late. It's fine. I'll just get like a side of something. I, you know, in and out. Wow. And what about now though? How's your relationship to this? Pregnant is another layer. Pregnant's been like, it's amazingly healing because your body's like, this is what you're eating today. And I'm not just eating for an inner child. That's a metaphor. It's an actual inner child. So again, the, the, the 12 step program of ACA really helped me with my eating stuff. I started wow. eating to live and living to eat all that inner child work. Um, you know, I just, the dysmorphia really lifted around then, especially when I started working a lot and going like, Oh, I, I started loving something more than hating myself, which was stand up and performing and touring. And I just, I realized I have all these big goals. I can't possibly accomplish them. If I'm always distracted by food, I'm hungry. I'm in a catatonic sugar coma. I'm at, go to the gym three times a day, going for walks four times a day, counting calories. I just was like, I, but something I, shifted. How old were you? Because something usually shifts. You remember a one weird thing that happened. Around 26, I went into ACA. And that's, I started really helping and I got a stand up special and I was like, I am not going to screw this up because I'm thinking about food. I am ah. not going to, I am not going to screw this up because I've drank five diet sun today and not had any protein. This is it. Like, this is it, you know? And also like, I was like, all of a sudden you're in hair and makeup and stuff like that. And I was like going bald. I was like, my hair was falling out, oh, you know? Yeah. I had disordered relationship to food. I never threw threw up. I can't stand throwing up. I never, I used to binge when I would go out and I would drink a lot and I'd come home and binge and then I'd go on some sort of juice cleanse or fast for the next couple of days. But in my late thirties, I remember I was going to Italy and every time I had ever gone away to a trip like that, I had always like gotten the antipasto or all the vegetables. Those were legal. Even if they were in 10 pounds of oil, like for me, those were legal. Like you talk about your stuff. And I would never touch the pasta or the the paella and then I would binge on it and get swollen and it, like it was just like a bad ride and I vowed that I was going to Italy and I was going to have everything and that was when it became like small full fat cappuccino not torturing someone because they don't have skim milk or like small gelato and like that's how the book naturally thin came to be because it became like your quote unquote diet, which is the worst word, is a bank account. Like you just, if you have a little of this, don't have that. If you're having wine, don't have bread. If you're having bread, don't have dessert. And it became like yeah. have a small pasta and it became so balanced and it changed my life. It just sort of evolved and it wasn't noisy. So it wasn't a f ever a disorder, really. Mm. It would be moments of binging and moments of, of discomfort, but it did run my life. Like you were saying, it was noisy, but then one day it just like lifted because of being just a normal human being. And you're making me realize like how I did this movie where, um, that was in England, the one that I was on with busy Phillips, it was called maid of honor. And I didn't have all my control foods. I couldn't go to pink dot on sunset and get my Alberto Turkey jerky. I couldn't, you know, right. and it was this back when movies had these big budgets. It was this big romantic comedy. Patrick Dempsey was yeah. huge at the time. And I really wanted to be friends with busy Phillips. And she w wanted to go to Whole Foods and get a thing. And I wanted to get exactly what she was getting so that she, you know, would think I was cool or whatever. And I just to fit in on that set and to not look crazy. And also because I wasn't able to get the Swiss Miss cocoa bullshit mm -hmm. nonsense that I was getting here. I was eating 
you know, some bread with hummus. And then I was, I was eating, I don't want to say normal, but I was eating, I would go to Whole Foods and we'd get the kale and eggs and egg salad and stuff. You were a person, you were a normal person. I actually started losing weight. I was like, wait a second, all these things that I, cause I would drink like three ice blended a day. I'd have like, you know, these smoothies, I'd have like Hershey chocolate syrup. Like I was eating high sugar and like, I wasn't even good at being anorexic because it was like very, I was eating these protein bars. Those like tiger milk bars. Like those are basically Snickers no, bars, I, you know? I, I did the same thing at the Big Chill in West. I used to go get the large oh, Big Chill. Oh, I lived at the Big and Chill. And I was broke, oh. so, and a container of brown rice from the Chinese place. And I'd eat the whole big container and a giant yogurt, like, versus just having a small of something normal now, like ice cream. It's just, okay. Exactly. Just have, like, a chicken sandwich, and it's going to actually be less ca- less calories right. and less sugar. So, Because so, remember, back in the day, remember, like, snack wells, like, all, totally. all that shit. You know, it was like low fat, high fat, low sugar is actually, you know, way better. So I stopped eating so much trash processed, fat free, you know, fat free pretzels, I was fat anorexic. Free pasta. Yep. I was anorexic, probably eating 4,000 calories a day. I, I, it was just, a, it was, I really, really get it. Wow. Um, okay. So more importantly is you put on lotion in the middle of the night when you go to pee, have you, you, what's the wiping and the lotion? You're putting your hands on your face. You've just sat down to pee. You haven't yet wiped. <laughs> oh, you know, what's weird. I don't, oh gosh, I never even thought about. So no, I do in the middle of the night, I reapply grapeseed oil to my face because I mean, you probably sleep with a silk pillowcase. No, no, I don't. Should, do oh, I- really? The silk pillowcase really helps um, because what happens is, I mean, I've just found, you know, that you get all these amazing products and, you know, I do the derma rolling, which is like the roller that puts like the tiny yes. micro needling in your face. And then I'll oh. put the product, then I'll put the product on and then I, you lay down and then you put your face on your cotton pillow and it just ab- absorbs all of your product and all the, what leaches all the oils in your face. And then for eight hours, you're just lying there. So I grew up, um, half like on a farm and I just treat my skin the way that we used to treat saddles, which is you never leave them wet ever, ever, ever. You never let them out in the sun and you oil them every day. Like the way, cause our face is basically leather, you know? So to me, I never. Your face let- feeder. I mean, you gotta, it's like, this is no, what OCD really, OCD really works for you. So when I get up in the middle of the night, you know, I've got my grapeseed oil and I sit on the toilet, put on the grapeseed oil and then wipe. So I guess it is technically somewhat hygienic. I have my grapeseed oil pump right by my toilet in my bedroom. So for me, it's, there are many roads to Rome and the micro needling thing. I never really trust that I can do it right. And I don't want to overdo it. And people say you can break capillaries. For me, that's just like a good experience foliation so then the products absorb yeah if you can do that so i do it's just the roller but is that is that a fancy oh it's not no you said micro needle no i'm sorry derma roll it's little tread it's got these tiny micro needles in them but it's not like going to a facialist and doing but i don't get facials i don't go to facial they I, i get bored and they i always break out after okay I don't understand what a creepy vintage holy water bottle is that you that you collect. I just love. Don't, I don't want to make you walk again, but this is no, good I, exercise. It is. I'm up. I'm down. The baby's going to come. If you give birth on the baby, do you know how big the, the downloads will be? I mean, you, you let's, the baby go. Now? let's start crowning. I like vintage <laughs> apothecary bottles. This is says mammary substance. I guess because there's on, humor in it. 
I just, I just, I like them. I don't know. Maybe I come from descend from witches. I mean, do you, what do you collect? Do you have any, uh, Very ex- co- I collect watches. I collect okay. bag, certain bags and I'm trying to think of what else. I'm not there yet. Is there anything just odd that you collect? Anything like uh, it's going to come to me. Tchotchkes, no tchotchkes. I do like, I don't collect them, but I like snow globes. I have a decent, I, I like certain snow globes. They have to be v- very, very nice ones, but I'm going to have to think. I do collect things. And <laughs> I feel like I'm you choking. have like the New York on Madison Avenue snow globe kind of thing. I like, I just think it's something that you can take a memory with you. And if you don't buy the really cheapo ones, but sometimes the cheapo ones are fun too. It is a good memory. And I, I put them in different places throughout the house. So it doesn't feel like I'm hoarding them, but so I make them sort of decorative also. I do like snow globes. I always have. It's And it's more in now, like it came back, but I have always liked it. Um, I, I like I like tchotchkes and I don't have them in my house. It's very austere for the most part, but in here. So I did find these holy water bottles on Etsy. Like I love like flea markets. And so I did collect these like holy water bottles that were really beautiful. And um, I think it got online. Yeah, because I, I gave it to Kesha. She you, she and, it, and oh, wow. OK, well, that's good. She needed it. And you carry a hammer in the car in case you ever see a dog. Or baby, hopefully, trapped in a car. You mentioned a dog, but let's add baby. Let's add baby. Have you ever used it? Has, has it ever happened? I have. I have. And uh, it was very, very embarrassing. Well, one time. Okay, so I, I've had to do it in grocery stores a couple times. Um, you can't How leave do you your... do it in grocery stores? You need the Sorry, hammer? In the, in the parking lot of a grocery oh, okay. store. Usually you can go in and do, Hey, can you make an announcement and say, whoever has the blue Toyota Corolla, you need to come out here and get your dog. Like usually in LA, you can, you know, um, do that first, but a law has been passed now that it is illegal. So now I can just, you know, do it. One time I did it outside of these 12 step meetings and I smashed this, this window to get the dog out. And, um, it's like a, it's like a hammer, but it also has like a glass cutter on the side as well. It's worth every woman have in their car anyway. And I stormed into one of the meetings and was like, whose car is this? Whose dog is this? I'm like screaming. And it was the meeting for people, I swear to God, covering from parents with anger management. <laughs> and it was like, it was like an AA meeting is like where the person actually was. And I just saw all these people just like horrified. And I'm like, we're working on this it. right now. Yeah, oh, funny, you should, yeah. And, and I'm glad you asked because we're working on this very issue. This is a, this is a planned simulation. We want to see how you react to this crazy actress. It like couldn't have been worse. And I never lose my temper like that. Only around like when it involves children or animals, like all bets are off. Like I do not care if you think I'm an asshole. I never lose my temper around shit like that. I was like, I was like doing a helicopter with a hammer. I'm like, who's got the Yorkie in the PT Cruiser? But do they do they have the windows closed? Yes. Windows so why? Closed. Like explain to me why. Like is Stupid. someone allowed to have their if it's if it's 65 degrees outside, is someone allowed to have their dog in the car if the windows open is that allowed would you smack like what what's the what's the actual rule are there no dogs allowed to be in any cars no matter what windows open or closed with or the, the windows window? up uh, in california is i believe pretty i mean because it's always hot here and even if but it's why 50- would someone keep the windows up i don't even understand just crack the window if you're let's say desperate and you don't have pet care and you have to go in to get a prescription and you're an emergency like why wouldn't someone just crack the window if it's like 75 degrees okay so only fans i didn't 
really know what it is. And the name sounds really nice. It doesn't sound porny at all. And I was talking to Denise Richards about her being on it and her daughter being on it. And she was kind of saying, you could do anything on there. You don't have to be not wearing clothes. And she said, you could be cooking. And I was like, oh, I could do my cottage cheese potato bagel program on there. And she's like, sure. And she's like, they'd probably prefer that you were like wearing lingerie. So what goes on in OnlyFans? And then you were on OnlyFans TV and it was massive for you. Yes, I am doing uh, the first stand-up special for OnlyFans TV earlier in the year. I don't know. I'm sure you remember the roasts that were on Comedy Central, you know, you know, Joan Rivers and Donald Trump. And, you know, people started getting really scared of doing roasts. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring these back. Okay. Let's just like elevate and be more clever and not make this bottom of the barrel trash roast the way it used to all be, all be about women's appearances and men's dicks. And, you know, there's That's actual- what I've been saying about reality television. I've been saying you should explore, not exploit. And it's not because I'm like killing the party. It's because I'm saying like all this bullshit of just trash women, trashing women is not creative. You can have a good conflict without, you know, throwing your leg on the dance floor. It's just unoriginal. It's like we've seen it. Like now right. let's do, let's like t- let's pivot. Let's elevate. You know, it's like, you know, so I'm not saying don't talk about dicks or vaginas. Just make it original. We've we've right. heard all this already. You know, like I mean, and with Twitter and with, you know, Instagram, we all as comedians have to level up and be more clever because I mean, I see these memes online that everyone's sharing that are hilarious. And I'm like, a comedian didn't make that. There's a lot of funny people out there. You know, like it's not just us. Like we need to right. be fu- funnier than all of this, you know, so. We did one, a roast of me and then a roast of Burt Kreischer. We put them on OnlyFans TV. It's just OF.TV, totally free. You don't have to put in a password. You don't have to, um, you know, get charged $4.99 and then have some weird subscription on your credit card for the rest of your life that you can't get rid of. You know, OFTV is doing some really interesting stuff and completely uncensored. So I wouldn't have been able to do that at Netflix. I wouldn't have been able to do that at Hulu. Hulu's now owned by Disney. Like, so but do you had- get paid? Was it because OnlyFans yes. wanted to start? So you get paid and it's great for OnlyFans and it's a great and it's a content to the people model, which is my entire life now. Yeah. And everybody thinks for some reason I would want to be on traditional television. I don't. I want well, to be count content to the people. If you're going to be on traditional television these days, you can't make fun of the vaccine. You can't say certain things. I mean, YouTube now will age restrict certain things. I had this huge porn star on my um, podcast and it got age restricted. It got demonetized. It got, if you, we have to bleep our podcast on YouTube now for the first half hour or you basically don't get in the algorithm. I've literally been pitched so many shows in the last year or so. And there was I was going to do a show on Bravo that I backed out of because what I didn't want to do. Let's talk to the suits around the table. Let's get their watered down ideas that the suits think that they that, that what, what they know, what everyone's going to want to watch. Let's then wait six months to shoot it, then six months to edit it. Then now do a week all press the, tour. All the, jo- all the jokes are stale. And that funny Ukraine joke is now hacky. And you look like you're not as funny as you are. Right. And like, it's not topical. And here's the thing, all these suits, all these executives, like, look, they go into these rooms and go, oh, let's look at Bethany's new show. They think they have to talk as their job. Like no one is able to go like, I loved it. Should we adjourn the meeting? Let's air it. Everyone's got 100%. Because they're like, we job security. I have to go, I don't know if I get that joke. Is she like, they have to overthink it as their job. They're getting paid $400,000 a year. They think they have to do it to justify their existence. I remember one time um, uh, I was doing a notes call with a studio and they scheduled for a TV show. They scheduled the notes call to be an hour. And I'm like, you guys don't even know how many notes, you haven't read the script yet. And you already have the notes call being an hour. 
you just have to fill this hour. Your job is to just fill this hour to overthink things. And, and really analyze data versus going with the gut. Like really no one, over- gets, no one gets promoted off of going like, love it. Let's air it. Love it. They're like, Interesting. why is it? You know, so it's, Interesting. Their jo- it's their job to be critical and overthink things and create problems that aren't really there. Get it out. Let the audience decide. You're not the target audience. You know, that's why I love focus groups. I say, give it to a focus group. I'd no, rather fo- yeah, a hundred percent. Well, you have focus groups on social media. Also, people tell you they hate you. People tell you they love you. You could figure it out. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So what's your model now? You've done seven Netflix specials. What's your model? What's your relationship to doing Netflix specials, to going out on the road? Like, you're pregnant. You're having a baby. Like, what's, what's the whole soup look like now? I guess my big thing right now, you know, it's like, I really just want to make sure that 
I'm doing specials in a lot of different places because, you know, it's like I did these Comedy Central specials. I did, you know, HBO specials. Uh, there's all these different people, uh, networks that every, you know, now my HBO specials are on Paramount Plus, my Comedy Central specials. I don't even know where those are. So I think I'm at the point where I'm kind of want to own my own content. Yes. So that when networks come and go, at least I'm able to have it and go, okay, let's put it on Amazon now. All right, let me take it back. And now I'll put it on Showtime. Okay, that's it. Now I'll put it on yes. YouTube. Like, however we actually get it to our audiences and also it's important to me that it's free you know like comedy is different than a lot of other things it's like because you might not like it comedy's fashion you know i also need we need to be able to cut it up so that people can consume it on tiktok or rumble or it's, it's a chicken be- you need the wing you need the, the the broth you need to make a bunch of different things out of the same thing i i agree i agree going to be a different platform in two years like that's the thing about OnlyFans tv is like i remember remember when netflix first came out and they were like, will you do a special with us? And I was like, is this the place that throws DVDs and envelopes at your door? Like what? Right. I, I've always been a little bit when Twitter came out, I was like, Ugh, I'm not going to take pictures of my smoothies. Like I've always been a little bit like I'm a comic. It's embarrassing to promote yourself. I'm going to go with the established. But when you do that, you're just going to be behind. So when they're like, OFTV, I'm like, that's the next thing. Let me just jump on it. Even if people make fun of me, even if people don't get it and they think it's a porn site, like I'd rather be, and this is what I learned in real estate. I'd rather be the person everyone's like, oh, why are you moving there? And then I have the last laugh later. But it's much easier. What you didn't realize, I'm in the same place as you. What you didn't realize is it's much easier. I used to call up Andy Cohen and be like, get the cameras. Because something is, like, I got my own cameras. Like, get Mm -hmm. your own. I see behind you. There are two cameras in there. It doesn't even have to be the best, best of the best quality. So you could be performing at some shit club and have someone come and shoot it and ask them, can I have this content? And it's yours. I totally agree with you. That's what people don't know. I mean, I remember when I was doing, you know, Two Broke Girls, you know, people would come up to me and I'm not trying to, you know, um, self-aggrandized, but I'm just trying to make this point is they would come up to me and with tears in their eyes and they'd be like, two broke girls changed my life. And I changed, I quit my horrible job and I started my own business because of you. And because of watching two broke girls, I've seen every episode backwards and forwards. And then my question was always, what network is it on? And they'd be like, uh, uh, um, no one knows. They Google Bethany Frankel, new TV show, Bethany and whatever comes up. Content to the people. It's Tubi, it's Freebie, it's Weebie, it's Wa, it's Hulu, it's Haha. Like it's always, you know, CISO came and went, T- TBS came and went. So for me, the last Netflix special I did, I paid for myself and then licensed to them. This one, you know, li- licensing stuff, I think, um, you Smart. know, it's going to cost, it's going to cost you more in the short term, but then you're actually like, I mean, there's, sorry to get too granular here, but like there's huge comics like Sebastian, Joe Coy, Gabriel Iglesias, these comics that are selling out 50,000 seat arenas. These are some of the ones that Comedy Central didn't give specials to in the beginning. And they went, oh, I got to shoot my own special. I got to out of pocket, spend 20 grand and shoot it myself. But they're having the last laugh because they were able to put it on Sirius and Raw Dog and Spotify. And they actually yep. own their content. You I know? just saw Sebastian Mescalco for my birthday in Atlantic City. The best. Um, he's the best. The best. He, he is real because he's got the physical comedy angle. It's like the modern dice clay. That's and- it. And but the, the, the he really exaggerates the gestures and it really lands. And I thought he was great. He was great. I also um, love that Sebastian. I have a lot to learn from him. And sorry to sorry to keep going. But no, like I now, it. now I also really want to like elevate. I think that as a woman in comedy, sorry to bring gender into it. I still believe in gender. Sorry, guys. Um, but uh, I think I'm ready to not um, have to lean on the like, oh, look at me in my sneakers and hoodie. And like, I'm. You know, an adult I'm the now. cute little comedy girl. You mean like that kind of thing? 
Yeah, just kind of like I think that like self-deprecation, I had to do that for a long time in order to, you know, feel like I wasn't, you know, um, you know, I don't have to tell you like you are way more fearless than me around this kind of stuff. But I think that on a woman like, oh, you're so ambitious. I heard that a lot. You're so you're so Hollywood, like you're very networky. Like if you have success or try, I'm like, yeah, I'm a try hard. I don't know what to tell you. I try really hard. I, I want to succeed. And I look at Sebastian and I'm like, this next phase is my sequin blazer phase. It's my bedazzled headband phase. Like I'm going to like, I'm doing we, whatever the fuck I want phase. Yeah. Like I can be funny and unapologetic and like feminine. And I, I feel like a bump it is in my future. I feel like, like I can be more gla- Like I want to move towards being a little more glamorous. I don't oh. have this. I don't have this narrative anymore that like women won't like me if I try hard or something. Well, when I was so growing up, I've always been into comedy. I remember I was a little kid when I was watching Delirious and Raw and George Carlin. I've always been obsessed with SNL. My one dream in my life is to host SNL. It's the only dream that's unrealized. Uh, And I had an internship at NYU that I was given uh, at SNL, but NYU wouldn't give me the credit. So SNL wouldn't let me do it because at NYU wouldn't give me the credit. And I just stopped then. And I was so pissed years later because knowing who I am now, I would never have allowed that. I would have pushed through. So I've always been like comedy adjacent. I I roast, I was on the, whatever you call it, the dais and I roasted Betty White at her like 90th birthday at the Friars Club. So I've always dabbled. I did stand-up comedy one night and called all the comedians that I know. One of my entertainment heroes was Dennis Rodman. I know that's random, but I remember watching him and going, he's a, I was very serious basketball player. And it was like, he's defense. This guy is putting on a show. He is diet. People are spending $80 to go see a game. Most people do not. They're getting a babysitter. They're paying God knows what for parking in an NBA game. And this guy is giving them a show. He's not too cool for school. He's like, I'm going to have blue hair. I'm going to have red hair. I'm going to wear a wedding dress. Like, and for me, I think a lot of comics are like, I'm just going to lean against a wall and wear my brown hoodie and I'm barely here and I'm yes. going to look up right I like to be unapologetically. I am putting on a show for you. Nice. I want to I entertain you. I want to I want to give you the best night of your life. I, I love that. I, I love that. I yeah, it's so I true. You have your opportunity up on stage. So go all in. That is absolutely true. It's funny because I never knew really who Travis Kelsey was, but watching a lot of his footage of him dancing on the field, like people right. want to see that. Great. And also n- no one's mad at you if you shine too bright. And if they are, that's their problem. That's me and my mom shit. I think my mom yes. was kind of like weirdly jealous of her kids or like competitive or maybe the scarcity complex if I wanted female comics to like me and not think that I, who knows who oh, gives a I shit. Know. That's good too. Yeah. Because other comics, you don't like, what the hell is she doing? I know. Why, yeah. Why yeah. is she wearing bedazzled? I get these Betsy Johnson. I have a collection of bedazzled boots yes. in every color. And I'm like, there's no more apologetic um, who me like in front of 10,000 people, let's just like all, if you want to wear that crazy thing, wear that crazy, let's all just go wear, start wearing capes like Joan Rivers did and feather boas the way Phyllis Diller did. Who cares? Like we're dying. Well, I, I feel not fraudulent, but I've always wanted to do stand up, and I did do it the one time for three minutes at the New I York know, Comedy I, Club. I know, you, you called me about reached it. Reached out to you. And I feel when you say like, oh, you go get it, you go do it. I guess I feel fraudulent in the sense that I have never really didn't really go down that road because I've t- I went to the groundlings. I took classes at Second City like I've always flirted with it. But I think my cop out is that 
when I do speaking engagements or appearances or on my podcast, mm-hmm. I get to insert it. But it is different. Like I watched David Spade on TikTok. It's the funniest thing you've ever seen because he's doing different <laughs> stand-up jokes all day, giving them away for free. And it's I feel like, but he still goes on the road and really exercises the muscle. So I give you a lot of credit. Also, I'm very jealous because you and Denise Richards did a part two. I'm sorry, I have to do another thing, but let's do no, a part we're done. two. We were if, done you, anyway. if you ever, but if you ever want to, I love talking to you, and I want you to come on my podcast if you will. No I want you to. I want we, you to. We do have. We do have to get into our feud about the Hamptons. Ah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's, it's a, and you talked about it on on Kelly and Mark. All right, go have a baby. So nice to talk to you. It was really amazing, and I'm so grateful. And it was more than I thought it was going to be, which I thought a lot. So yay! I love you. Okay, I'm going to text love you right you too. Have a good day. All right, bye bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. Well, that was. It, we couldn't launch, we couldn't like launch the rocket or the plane couldn't take off because I had so much to say before even starting to talk, which is what was amazing. The foreplay was as good as the main act. She's awesome. Uh, wow. Was that, I mean, I think that was my favorite in a long time. And that's the only person that I could really say that I've had on that would be amazing on a podcast with me. Like that was beyond. And as a matter of fact, because I'm still a scaredy cat, Maybe on her show, I'll do 10 minutes with her. Like, just sit and fucking riff for 10 minutes with her. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the black effect presents family therapy and i'm your host elia connie Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.